0: A comic book pit? Okay.
1: to welcome everyone to the new episode of the comic book pit this is comic book pit number 354 and before we start the show i just want to take a moment to let you know that for the entire month of june all proceeds from sales in our merch store are going to go directly to the black lives matter organization and sisters pgh a transgender community center here in pittsburgh so uh, if you have a moment, you know, visit our shop and consider a purchase. And, you know, one purchase can help in many ways. Um, you'd be supporting two great organizations. You'd be supporting our show. And you'd also be supporting Spreadshirt, which is a local business in uh, Greensburg. And the link for the shop can be found in our show notes or any of our social media accounts. This is Dan. And with me tonight, we've got Jared. Hello. Kate? Hello. And Link.
2: Hello. I thought I thought we were doing
1: a thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Hello? Sorry. Is, I forgot. <laughs> we were we were doing the barbershop quartet. I missed my part.
3: I it's I, I prefer to think of it as the three Stooges intro. Well
1: there's four of us though, so okay, so who's who's Shemp?
3: You know, Shemp gets a bad a bad rap. <laughs> Shemp was if you know your Stooges, you know Shemp was like OG. Shemp is a Howard brother. Mm-hmm. And I forget why Shemp went away. Probably some sort of like now cure and, you know, disease that at the time now would be easily cured. Like scurvy. Yeah. (laughs) He had the rickets. And then then Curly was brought in, which is also a Howard brother. And then Curly Howard lived fast and hard Mm -hmm. and had him give. And then Shemp came back. But if you really want to insult someone, Dan, as as an outsider, not one of the three, that's where you go with a curly Joe, and if
1: you really want to shit in that person's mouth, you go with a curly <laughs> Joe Dorita. Okay. All right, I will make a note of that for my my old timey insults. <laughs> <laughs> Why, you old curly Joe, you Dorita? You see, curly
3: Joe, you call someone a curly Joe Dorita, and you might as well—it's it, a blood feud.
1: Okay. Man, learning things left and right here. It's been a—it's uh, already been a crazy couple of minutes. So, um, yeah. So while well, speaking of crazy, it's been a, it's been a crazy few weeks, um, both in real life <laughs> and, in uh, in the comic book industry the, and the entertainment the industry. Of,
2: I, I just said the low stakes world of the entertainment industry by comparison to. Yes,
1: absolutely.
3: <laughs> Everything else. The drama of our escapism.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. um, there has been a, well, you know, that, you know, drama, I think is, is definitely the right word. Uh, I've been doing a little bit of re- reading up on some current events in comics and the, I feel like the, the big thing right now that it's really freaking everyone out, at least from a retailer point of view is the fact that uh, DC comics announced that they were cutting ties with diamond, uh, yeah. diamond distribution. And uh, the retailers are not having it. You know, but from what I've been reading online, like, a lot of... I mean, the retailers are just... Like, they're they're still going to carry... A lot of retailers are saying they're still going to carry DC comics. But basically, like, the minimum amount that they have to for whoever is subscribed to a DC comic. Wow. Because there's just... Unhappy with the ordering system now that it's basically ordering is split between three different companies. They're going to be ordering uh, graphic novels through uh, Penguin Random House, which is a Random House is a you know a yeah a big you know of yeah corporate publishing Your mom company. and pop outfit. Right. Um, And then there are two new uh, distributors, one called Lunar, which is run by the mail order retailer uh, DCBS, which is Discount Comic Book Services. Uh,
3: Yes, yes. Okay.
1: And uh, UCS, which I don't know what that stands for, but that's run by uh, Midtown Comics, which is a huge retailer in New York City. You know, I think retailers are upset for, for a number of reasons. I mean, first of all, uh, DCBS and Midtown are their direct competitors. Yeah. I mean, they're they're essentially retailers that are now running their distribution. They're also concerned that that the infrastructure isn't in place for for the type of you know distribution that that Diamond was was doing. And and also that they're not going to be getting the same uh, lofty discounts that Diamond was providing. So there's a, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. Yeah.
3: Yeah, because yeah, it, it's not like there's now a competition in the field because Diamond doesn't also sell DC Comics, so there's no competition that way. It's not like, well, if you want DC Comics, you got to go through this other outfit.
1: Mm-hmm. So, and
3: you still have to go through Diamond for the rest. But um, I don't know. Anyway, it, it sounds like a, a a tough road to hoe in, in otherwise tough times. But one would think that the introduction of competition would ultimately be good for business. But this really isn't competition yet. Mm-hmm. Because, like I just said, these are kind of like exclusive uh, spots to get these books. So it's just – Yeah. Well, Monopoly is just divided.
2: And this, this kind of spun out of uh, COVID, right? Like, it, DC got mad that right. they couldn't keep shipping books out somehow, some way. Which I, I imagine no matter what they did, they probably still wouldn't have been able to. But this seems
3: to be, like, what their excuse was, right? Yeah, Diamond shut down. For a, a company of Diamond size, like, they tapped out really fast. Mm-hmm. Would, I'd say, mm-hmm. which would indicate that maybe they're not on the most stable of footing.
1: Well, well, they, yeah, not only that, well, like you said, they, they closed up shop pretty quick and they're like financially, they either were unable or unwilling to pay out to uh, their vendors when, you know, when, when, when everything was going downhill and businesses. And, you know, I mean, <clears throat> these are other businesses that needed money that couldn't get it from diamond. Mm-hmm. So that also did not help. Yeah, and is—it is, it, it is kind of funny that for for years, I mean, practically decades, uh, everyone, you know, retailers and everyone have been crying uh, foul about diamond being a monopoly, but now yeah. <laughs> once it goes away, well, again, it's because there is no
3: competition really right. being
1: introduced yet. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's still kind of a a, 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 a sh- not not a shady. Deal, but but yeah, like you're 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 putting retailers in a position where they just, the, yeah, it's it's you know going from not having any choice with diamond to not having any choice with these other guys.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and they're and, just selling out more money for
3: shipping costs. I'm sure. Right.
1: Well, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's a concern that I read. So
3: to to help me understand and perhaps even the listeners at home, like uh, these diamonds and these these mid lunars and and what have yous, they purchase the comics, from the publishers, the Marvels, the DCs, the Images, the, the IDWs, what have you, and then in turn sell them to the stores. Is that an accurate description of how this works?
1: I believe so, yes.
3: Rather than, like, the the alternative, which I doubt this is it, but the alternative would be um, they, Diamond and Lunar and, and whomever, uh, physically ship them and then divide the, the proceeds from the stores. Like, like So I just flat out sell my book to Diamond. Diamond gives me mm-hmm. X. Diamond turns around and sells the book to comic book store for Y, who in turn sells it to that U for Z, as opposed to I give my book to Diamond to, to mail to the comic book store and then when Y comes in I take a split of y and, and diamond keeps the other split of y. That doesn't sound like it'd be a logical business model
1: No yeah i I think yeah, I think you you kind of had it had a first time the first time yeah
3: I, yeah I DC, guy whomever sell too. and therefore mm-hmm. so the issue was that diamond couldn't pay me for the product, which it was probably. It probably goes from printing press, but that's wherever directly to a diamond facility. I'd imagine would be the most logical way to do that. Mm-hmm. So they're getting they're, they're holding product, but can't pay the invoice for said product. Mm-hmm. And now they're not shipping product to retailer to uh, create revenue from that end either. And if I'm DC comics, I'm like, well, I'm taking my ball
1: and going home. Well, yeah, and, and, and not only that, but I. Um, to mix metaphors. In, in 2019, DC's Ball represented over 30% of Diamond's comics and graphic novels. And, and a, that a, equaled about 155 million at full retail.
3: Hmm. And so now graphic novels go through one distributor and, and monthly comics go
1: through a, a second distributor there there are there are two there's there's one graphic novel distributor that's random house and there are two uh we'll just call them like weekly or floppy distributors and I I think for monthly yeah monthly there you go floppy is a pejorative <laughs> but I, I think you you order based on it's it's geographic oh. I think oh. it, it's like you're not picking one or the other I think it's where you're yeah, I thought that was regional yeah, it's regional. So wherever you are, you know, if, I assume if you're somewhere on the East Coast, like we are, you'd probably be ordering from the Midtown. Uh, I think yeah. it's called UCS, and then um, the other one, Lunar, probably handles you know the other half of the country. Um, but yeah, I don't know that for 100%. It's just a just a educated guess. But yeah, so there are two distributors for monthly comics and then one for the graphic novels. And I, and I, I don't know if they're also hand like, so like, you know, what about other, um, DC comics, merch, you know, t-shirts, toys, a lot of other stuff, games. I mean, uh, like that was all coming out through, you know, the stores would get all that stuff through diamond. I don't know, it's it's um it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting and 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 that's all happening relatively soon. I think the last the, the cutoff for for orders for DC for diamond, I think was I want to say like June first. So so stores will be I mean that's the other thing, like the retailers were given little to no notice about any of this. So now they have to you know, scramble to You know, jump in bed with these new companies, and in in, in the meantime, you know a lot of these retailers have had the same. You know, when when you have an account with Diamond, you're assigned a like an account representative. You know, essentially someone to, you know, help you get. You know, if you have a problem, you call this guy and you get your order straightened out, or you add to your order, or I think you know, you know when we're talking about the infrastructure. I think there's a lot more to it than just just uh, shipping and getting your books on time and stuff like that. There's just the personal relationship, and there's the you know the retailers are, are losing their.
3: So, you, so you're saying, and, and if this is uh, a oh, too uh, this is proprietary, then I, I understand. But are you saying like with your experience in retail? you had like a single point of contact with the distributor that you could reach out to, to resolve problems.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, and I, I think this, this person probably handled multiple retailers or, or maybe he had a certain region. I mean, I think, you know, it was, he was, you know, part, part sales, part customer service. Yes. You know, Um, I never personally had any contact, but I know that we, you know, when I when I worked at the uh, the Century Three store, I I do remember talk about um, you know our our Diamond Comics rep, or you know, oh, we got an email from so and so, you know, checking on things, and um, yeah, so there was definitely a personal aspect. Yeah, yeah. to it, and so that's now now it has to be rebuilt with however these are new.
3: I get it. I get mm-hmm. it. I get it. However, these new places operate. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll hopefully it, it's not the roughest of transitions for, mm-hmm. for these stores, but um, yeah. What, what a time to introduce the change. I mean, there's really no good right? yeah. time to disrupt the system, but during a time when you just came off like a two month layoff.
1: Wow. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, that that's another sticking point with a lot of retailers is they're, uh, basically nobody is fluid like no one has you know a, a lot of extra cash right now to be you know instituting these these widespread changes i mean and especially yeah. if if um you're you're getting less of a discount and more shipping costs and um yeah just a very difficult time to be introducing this i mean maybe they're you know I feel like there could have been a better way to roll this out, but I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a suit. Yeah, it sounds like hands may have been forced in some situations. Mm-hmm. You know, it's either
3: you just shit or get off the pot and there's just time to go. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll find out. Yeah, I'm sure the next time I make it back into a comic book store I'll see if I can <laughs> get some insight into it. Um my local store won't give won't, There's just some things are like, we can't tell you that. I'm like, really? You're not going to tell me? And they're like, no, we're not going to tell you that. I was like, oh, all right. Um, <laughs> namely, the, the percentage of the discounts. Mm. Other stores I used to frequent w- w- had no problem divulging that information. But uh, my my current store uh, refuse to divulge that information. Hmm. So, um, Okay, and so I, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I think I think Marvel they gave bigger discounts than everyone else, but I don't know. Um, I forget. I may have it reversed, but I think it was Marvel because remember Marvel used to have the separate. They still have a separate book, yes. Like they don't. There's the, there's the main Diamond catalog, and then there's like a Marvel. Yeah,
2: yes. D C has a separate book now too. But they oh. did before this
3: big change. Yeah. Happened. So I don't know. Again, this is also like 2008, so yeah. I think things do tend to. Fluctuate as time goes on. At any rate, speaking of, of changes at DC Comics,
1: <laughs> yeah. Which uh, what what which uh, which change are you <laughs> are you, are you uh, comics,
3: DC Comics? DC we'll, we'll go there, and then then we can. I I don't want to take over the captainship, but
1: no no no, please.
3: I feel Buy like me. that's it. we'll go comics, and then we'll go media. How's that? That sounds good. Okay, so, so Superman. Yes, yeah, so you're... I'm Bendis and Superman. Yeah. The, uh, the legacy of disruption. <laughs> so Superman is in this place where uh, it may not be you know, the the flagship it once was, but it's found a niche. There's people that really, really love what they're doing with the little family dynamic, something that doesn't normally work in a superhero comic. Mm-hmm. A mainstream superhero comic is working. Here comes Golden Boy. Turns it all on its head, c- completes a story, and then leaves. Have, have we completed that initial orogozar st- well, I guess that's completed. So mm-hmm. That's complete. Uh, the 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 red mist, I guess, I guess is completed, and now the the gangster who owns the Daily Planet is kind of like the the other string introduced at the beginning that is not really anywhere near that is not. Reached a resolution, if you will. So well, it's Two years to resolve two plot lines. He, he's just breezing along.
1: Well, then he also uh, he also gave us uh, Superman revealing his identity mm-hmm. to the world. Disruption. Yes. And he also he basically re, uh, restarted Legion or uh, Legion superheroes. With uh, with his son joining yeah. the future Legion, which yeah,
3: I beloved, uh, John Kent Superboy character, the little mm-hmm. rascal, aged him, and then shipped him two thousand years into the future.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like you do. Yeah.
3: yeah. And then left. It's like, I'm good. <laughs> so that'd be like, be like, your uh, your you're, you're prep stuff in a kitchen. You come in. You knock over all the dishes. Yep, turn everything in the fridge, and you go. My work is done.
2: <laughs> that's, I uh, don't know. It's, it's when, a when's, weird.
1: He, when's he leaving officially? That's well. That that's not been determined. There's no. He doesn't have like a a, a specific date that I've that I'm aware of that he's going to be done. But I guess he's starting to tie up everything now, Now, not
2: I mean, ju- just his work at
1: Superman. Is it just DC? Is he just like, nah, I'm good. I'm my understanding is it's just the Superman books. Oh, okay. Well, no, uh, well, I, my I, interpretation of the article I read on. the Yeah. Movie. That is probably going to be just Superman and action comics. Okay. Uh, I assume he's going to keep working on Naomi, uh, young justice, Legion of superheroes. I think that's all he's, is that all he's writing? Not counting like his own, like his own oh, yeah, creator-owned books. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that's all he's writing. So I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm torn. I mean, I, I guess I've never really had a, a big, uh, real big affinity for Superman. Like I, I would kind of dip in and dip out. When, um, at times, I, I, I did, um, I was enjoying some of, uh, some of the stories prior to his um to Bendis taking over. But I have to admit I, I really I, I did enjoy um his you know, the the Man of Steel miniseries which led into the Superman ongoing. Um I was enjoying action for a while and then I just I dropped off of that because I stopped enjoying whatever story they were telling And that and that also went along with the the John Romita art Um, I can't. Not good. I can't look at it.
3: For me to do it with his left hand or something. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was not good. It was a drawn out storyline with rushed art and it just wasn't good.
1: Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm torn because I, I was hoping that he would, he would see Superman through for a while, kind of be like a, like a steady, guiding hand like how he was for a long time with spider-man and the avengers so i don't know if he was always only supposed to be on superman for us for a short amount of time or if he just decided like well i've told the stories i want to tell maybe you know maybe superman's too big of a concept for him at this point i don't know um he got that batman offer is what i'm guessing i was wondering i, I was wondering what you know, cause I, I feel like everyone suspected that he was going to do a, a bat book or a crime book or something like that. So I'm while I'm, I'm sad to see him leave Superman at some point, I am excited to see what he's going to do next. I, I think that's always going to be for me. That's always going to be like, Oh, I wonder what Bendis is going to do next at DC yeah. for, for good or for ill. Um, because he's, you know, uh, love him or hate him, he's, he does have a track record for, for doing interesting things and telling interesting stories and taking kind of low level characters and bringing them up out of obscurity and making like Superman. them. It's like Superman. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, he created Jessica Jones, he, he, brought, mm-hmm. he brought Luke Cage out of Mothballs you know he he's definitely got he's got a knack for storytelling um just it's just intre- you know it'll be, it'll be interesting to see where he takes it where he goes in dc uh, if he's going to continue with his wonder comics imprint or or brand and still tell the the stories of youths with you know young justice and naomi i'm still surprised that he that Naomi only like went as long as it did. I mean, I understand, I guess it was supposed to be, what, what did it run? Like six issues or eight issues or something like that or nine issues.
2: It, it was, it was a six issues. And then she was supposed to come back and then maybe she just showed up in a bunch of other books mm-hmm. and he might do another run with her. I don't know what his plan is, but it's yeah, like a season one thing. He was like, Oh, this is Naomi. Here's my original character. And then it's like Mm -hmm. young justice and then in action comics, and then she might get her book again.
1: Yeah. And then she, is she, uh, see it now it's with, with COVID and everything. I, my, yeah, it's also hard to, yeah. Yeah. Everyone like the, it really screwed up the reading, you know, like your reading schedule. And I, I can't remember the last time I read a young justice book, but I know she, she appeared in it, but I don't know if, she kind of joined the team or she just kind of appeared and then left.
3: Um, well, I, I, it's hard to say. Cause as if I recall, I think that storyline is not resolved. So yeah, I think she's I, still, like, it's still an, o- an ongoing arc. So it, yeah,
2: the last it, issue it, came out right at the bit, like in that weird March period that Jared and I were talking about earlier where like right before the cutoff date for sh- uh, distribution happened.
1: Okay. So she could still be with Young Justice, we don't know. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah, we'll we'll right. find out. Young Justice right now is like the Wu Tang clan. There are thousands of members.
1: That is true. Yeah, they keep they keep just absorbing new members as they go along. The you know, Bendis writing Batman is, is intriguing because I read um that uh Batman Universe book that he did with yeah. Nick, Nick Darrington. Darrington. Yeah, that was man, that was so much fun. Well,
3: that was a fun Batman.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. I like. mean,
3: this does have roots in like gritty noir crime, which would also lend itself to Batman.
2: Really, anybody in the Bat family, he could probably do stuff with. But yeah,
1: yeah, that's true. I mean, there's the it's the the field's wide open for him to.
3: If he does do like a year long arc where Bruce Wayne goes to jail, though, I will call shenanigans.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right you heard it you heard him dc you don't want those shenanigans called on you no. uh, any, anybody have any uh do we want to make any any predictions for characters or books that he might uh he might hop onto i would say green lantern
2: oh i, I was thinking green lantern
1: okay,
3: okay. Right, we, the joint it's a joint call there was no no uh Discussion beforehand.
0: <laughs> I have no horse in this race. <laughs> my,
2: my other guess would be Manhunter. Oh, that would be good. So you're you're going
3: real deep cut.
2: Yeah, like if he's gonna pull somebody out of obscurity, Manhunter's in his real house of single mom lawyer, all that. Yeah,
1: yeah you know that's that, that's a good call because yeah, it's just strong strong female character. Yeah, gritty gritty urban. Vigilante type person. that definitely checks up a lot of his. Yeah,
3: yeah, probably changed the odds on that, so it's not as good of a bet anymore. <laughs> yeah.
1: My my fanboy long shot wish would be for him to do a a uh, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold series. I could <laughs> I could see that. But There's but he could gold. but he could only do but he but it would have to be drawn by Kevin McGuire.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: That's the only way it works. Or well, if you're good with like one page every three months, I'll take <laughs> it. I'll take it. <laughs> well, hey, well, maybe it'll be a, yeah, it, it'll be a web comic. So there, I shouldn't I shouldn't say that. He Kevin McGuire
3: <laughs> did recently do a run on Supergirl that was uh, fairly yep. consistent.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, the, you know, I I I forgot that he you know he he's kind of you know Kevin McGuire now he's kind of like a journeyman. He just kind of crops up. Yep. He just pops up wherever they need, you know, like a fill in artist, but yeah, he'll do like a, a random arc of comics. And he was, he was, uh, doing a lot of Superman pages for a while. Like he did, he did a story and, um, didn't he do a story? And was it like, was it action 1000? Right. That, that makes and, sense. Perhaps. And he did, um, I feel like he did, he did some pages in that Superman heroes. One shot that, yeah, that you and I yeah. both kind of like pooped yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> well, they picked our pockets, Dan. I think we're allowed to.
1: That's true. All right. So, um, keeping kind of on the on the on the, the DC DC and of, changes. Yeah, but heading more towards the media side. Um yeah. Well, we, this is sort of follow up because we did
3: discuss uh, Ruby Rose leaving Batwoman. Because mm-hmm. you, you, Dan, had likened her to this generation's Meryl Streep. Um,
1: <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like something I would say.
3: And uh, now more has come out that the producers of Batwoman desperately want to quit working on the show Batwoman, but just can't <laughs> bring themselves to quit.
2: Yeah. That's, uh, I don't know what the hell they're doing. Uh, cause I read I read an article that said that they thought about just recasting her and they're like, nah, that's that's too easy. Um, and then you know that they could incorporate a different character and keep everything and they're like, nah, it's also too easy. So they're just rebooting it. This is what I've heard.
3: I it's not a reboot in. I don't think it's a. That'd be weird if they did, because there's, it's a tough to do. I mean, like a pure on continuity, like what you knew before didn't happen. Now it's this. That, or, yeah, that's
2: I mean, that's what it sounded like that they were saying. They were using the word rebooting. Hmm. Like today. I think that word gets thrown around. I know. I don't know what exactly. Without,
3: yeah. Uh, my interpretation is they're just writing her out. And I was reading something today where it says like they're not killing off the character. You're just writing her out and a new character will be taking over the role yeah that's just dumb that's I, what I, I heard. heard
2: but the and they're, but they're doing casting calls which means it's nobody that's been on the show yet
3: yes someone brand new yeah somebody so I, new. I didn't see did you watch the finale link did you see the last episode I, I, the the COVID finale, yes, yeah. <laughs> did it end on I well, I don't two two be count any of those as finales, but yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But did did they end theirs with the 2 be continued? Yes, it ended it ended on a big cliffhanger of
2: like um Alice does, did a thing, and it has some big repercussions, and um I forget what was going on with Batwoman at the time. I just remember the the, the what it, the stinger that it ended on. I was like, oh
3: yeah, um, yeah, I saw. That. I saw that. Like they, they revealed a a character's face. They cast somebody to play a role. Well, they did you that know? too. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, oh was there. talking, something I don't know.
2: Ooh, no, no, no. I was talking. I was talking about the other singer where w- with Alice in the sewers, where she she offed Mouse.
3: Oh. Okay.
2: Which was kind of like the oh the oh the shock factor thing. So like things were happening, and yeah, I guess yeah. the thing that did end it on was like oh um Bruce Bruce Wayne. They're, yeah, there's yeah, so somebody a
3: guy kind of, that could potentially play Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Because he's going to play someone the face he's playing the face of Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Um so, but you don't recall what her That's the, not good. It doesn't speak yeah, well for I the think, show. You I suppose
2: if I suppose if Batwoman herself ended up in like a decent ish place compared to everything else going on. Yeah, I don't remember at all. I don't remember there being like was that the one where, where she had the showdown with her dad? Was that the, the, the episode that there were, where she kind of came to the realization that her dad, uh, would always be hunting her and she could never come out to him as, yes, as Batwoman. I think so. It was like the big parallel between her, her sexuality, but yeah. in the story, huh. it's a secret identity basically. I think so. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of how it ended with her being like, well, shit, I can't trust my dad ever. Okay. Um, okay. But it wasn't, like, anything, like, ter- like there wasn't, like, a big, like, oh, no, what's going to happen to...
3: Yeah, she wasn't, like, hanging off the side of a building, yeah, and then no. when we come back in 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 January, it's like, hey, yeah. she's gone. <laughs> it, it, it all ended okay, and then she left. So she could, in theory, leave as a result of where that season ended. Like you could make that work. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel you, that
2: they I think it would be hard to do if only because, like, the entire... I guess this is why I think it's a reboot because like, what, what do you do with all the supporting cast that are directly tied to her and her family and her baggage? And it's like, none of that shit matters. If you get a new character, you have to have all new baggage. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: If so I Alice, I want to rage quit.
2: <laughs> Alice is probably one of the redeeming actresses on that show.
3: Yeah, that's weird. Um, so if, if I would play like fantasy writer's room here, if I had to solve this problem based off what you told me, I would say, so she comes to that realization that she can never be like in a relation, you know, in a, in a truly open relationship with her father while being Batwoman. So she pieces out and then like, Luke Fox and, and her, her supporting characters on that side of things still see a need for a Batwoman so they recruit someone new to be a Batwoman. Yeah. And go. Yeah.
0: But I keep going back to why wouldn't they just make Sophie Batwoman? Is that yeah. her steps? It makes sense with the plot.
2: That's her ex-girlfriend like oh, Maybe oh, oh. that was for the worked she with the owls.
0: dad, and now she's very disenfranchised with Batwoman's dad. Yeah, so it, did so
2: that. it did end on that. It did end with her being like, "Fuck, fuck her dad. He's a dick. I'm out." Kinda. Did she quit?
0: I, I don't remember.
2: I can't remember if she quit like the 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 hounds or the
1: fox, whatever the heck they're called. The crows. The crows. <laughs> I him the owls. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever animal. Yeah. The hedgehogs, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
3: they're winged, some sort of winged creature. Right, yeah. Um, that would be neat. That 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 would have also been logical. Yeah, yeah. Or or
2: obviously, like you said, the um, Firebird, her her stepsister, would be a good fill in to be Batwoman.
3: And then you could um, also, then you would also have like if, if you use either of those characters then you would have someone of color as a back character. Yep. Yeah. Which, which, you
2: know, Uh, show being the the diverse show.
3: Yeah. And and that, I mean, that's, and these CW shows are, are, that's important to them. Um, But then there's also like, by doing that, there's also like stuff within the world of the story that you could explore. Yeah. With that, that you wouldn't be able to otherwise explore with, with a white character.
2: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So my my fan theory if if they had to reboot the show, my fan theory would be um it would take place in the arrowverse future, like the arrows like time skip with the birds of prey. And it would be like Batman Beyond with a new Batwoman. Yeah. That's hmm. like the only other solution I could think of. That's
3: that's a good yeah. one.
2: That's I was kinda
3: good.
1: Yeah. I was kind of thinking the same thing that, for if it really for it to really work, they would they might want to do a time jump.
3: Well, look at you guys,
1: time jump. <laughs> Such a convenient solution.
3: And you do have that green arrow and the canary show. That's time yeah. jump. Mm-hmm. So why not just like have a. A division of your franchise that's squarely set twenty years in the future.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean that, that. Yeah, then you could have crossover potential, and that show wouldn't be just kind of its own little island out there in yeah, the future.
3: Yeah,
1: that's true.
0: And because Legends has a time shift, they can also crossover. There. there you go.
3: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Done.
1: Boom. Nailed like, it. You're the head writer in this in this fantasy. Oh,
2: yeah. All
3: right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Our fantasy writers room continues. <laughs> So, okay, you know, speaking of the uh, Green Arrow and the Canaries, has has there been any movement on that? Any words on on yeah. that <laughs> becoming a show?
2: I mean, it is, it's it's supposed to be, it, it's they did say it's going to be a show. It's just
1: who knows when now. Yeah, that's true. I guess yeah, everything is. I up think in they the probably air. would have started filming it, but I I did read. The only one new,
3: new CW show I did read anything about recently was today was about the Superman and Lois program. Oh yeah, and that they're going the the the, the big bad will be Lex Luthor, but it's a Lex Luthor from a different uh, Earth. Sure, and and, and and it's a a black man will be Lex Luthor. Okay, which was, that's how they, that that was the whole point. The article was like a black Lex Luthor. Um, and then they said that it's one like remember at the uh, when they came back from crisis there was those like doppelgangers that slipped through yeah. the, the cracks before it shut off so yeah yeah they've been they
2: were showing up in other things yeah
3: hmm. but, right. I think we discussed this, did the end of crisis reveal that there is still a multiverse it's just they don't yes. know that there's a multiverse
1: yeah. yeah that was my impression that they, they, they le- did see like earth such and such yeah, yeah they well, left yeah, it yeah. open for, for multiverses so
3: yeah okay but at any rate so that's what they're i so it's kind of weird that it's lex luthor but it's a different lex luthor yeah and it's still in the regular yeah yeah it's it's,
2: you know it's getting a little convoluted but it's fine a
3: little bit superman (laughs) does have more than one enemy but it's okay No, it's yeah nobody ever wants to touch brainiac i don't know why There's well, a lot you can do. With, there's a Brainiac's a wide net, and you can still work with. There's a lot of source material there. You could you could pick and choose to get what you want.
2: But yeah, it'll, uh, and then the the other thing that the uh, Flash that yeah, yeah that oh.
3: In there. So, so that That'd that's sad, fun. just because I mean I don't know who that guy from Adam. He may have just been a jerk, and they just needed a reason to get rid of him but I enjoyed his take as the Ralph Dibny character. So now I'm yeah. curious there, do they it's just be the right now? Yeah. yeah. Do they just be I really yeah. hope so. Because he's,
2: or or they're going to have to introduce another heart of the show because everybody else is just busy being depressed the entire time. He was, well, they're kind of, you know, helping everybody out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He was like the Uncle Jesse hug moment. Every episode. Yeah, yes. <laughs>
1: I feel like it's it would be a little easier to recast him because he's he's already like shown the ability to to um, change his appearance to something yeah, completely different. He, so he can change his appearance and somehow get stuck in that appearance.
3: If I may,
1: you know, I don't think it needs explained. I think
3: you just recast that too. I think audiences are smart, and I see a lot of poo-pooing the whole idea of recasting and dismissing it as like, oh, this soap opera move to just mm-hmm. recast. Yeah, yeah. But nobody nobody ever stops to break down the minutiae of why Timothy Dalton doesn't look like Roger Moore. We just accept it's a recast mm-hmm. and it's, it's just, you know, we, we roll with it. Um the Darrens on the Bewitch. Now it's a different era. So I guess I can't even go with the modern, I'm not going to go yeah. back 50 well, years the, of TV.
0: No one noticed when that happened. So
3: or I'm that, sure, I'm sure they noticed, they just didn't have a a Reddit to to go crying to. Um, <laughs> well, well, they did it in the 90s with, with with Becky, they
1: on Roseanne.
3: Yeah, there we go. Yeah. There's a modern air, but they they did uh, contextual like meta jokes, right? About Becky changed.
0: Well, and Aunt Viv on uh, Fresh
3: Prince. Oh, Fresh Prince, that's right. Oh, and Viv, there we go. Thank you. And we do have some. See, that's a straight up recast.
1: Yeah, they so didn't I talk th- about it.
3: They didn't yeah. say hey, Aunt Viv got into a car accident. I think yeah, personally. Well,
1: you know, these are all, so all these characters are all, they have the, the luxury of, of being basically side characters or like they're not main characters. So yeah, you can recast them, swap them out and people might scratch their heads, but at the, at the end of the day, they're still going to watch the show. Yeah. It's not like you're swapping out Grant Gustin for a Jonas brother or something like you're swap, like you're swapping a, 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 a third, you know, third or fourth tier character on the show for someone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, You're it's not, not like he's been, it's not like they're, it's not even like they're swapping out Cisco or yeah. Joe West. Well,
0: I'm I to mean, elongated man like change his appearance. Well,
1: that's what that's yeah. what Dan was saying. Yeah.
0: Oh, sorry. I'm but. trying to distract the cat with the uh, laser <laughs> pointer, so. <laughs>
1: But no, I, I, I feel like that's like, they're going to like, yeah, they could go either way. They could just straight up recast and not explain like Jared said, or they could, I mean, it's a wacky comic book, fake science show. They can do literally anything they want. He could be Ralph from another earth that somehow sneaks through or like Ralph's son from the future or whatever. Like they can literally do anything. It's just, yeah. it's just a bummer that this had to happen that they they ha- they're put in this position because of what he yeah. did said, you know, eight years ago.
3: Yeah. That's weird. Like, I didn't read them all serial killer kind of tweet. <laughs> <laughs> like if, that's an, if if you were in, if those are things said within like a group of like people you knew well, you, you, you would see the humor in them but if you just read them dry yes mm-hmm. they, they yeah. sound like the ramblings of, of a psychopath
1: yeah they sound awful
3: but when you read them if you if you stop and th- I, I saw I, I put myself in those shoes because I, I, I yeah. have jokes it's gallows humor and I thought some of them were, were kind of funny it, but I also understood that if you just read it dry, it,
0: it's not, yeah, it, it it's not what you want
3: to throw out there in the twitter
2: into the realm of a million anonymous people no that's uh
0: especially because that was probably when he was trying to get jobs and trying to get famous
1: yeah he's trying to get noticed he was probably like yeah trying to he was look how edgy trying to be, I am. yeah exactly look how edgy I am look how like look how funny I can be. I think, yeah, he's and, like the bad boy of comedy. Yeah, and think Twitter. how funny yeah. I can be on your show. Here's my here's my headshot. You know, like.
2: Yeah. But yeah, they did not age well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no.
3: Yeah, I, I didn't see them all. I didn't. I definitely didn't see the the racially tinged ones. I just some of them were more.
1: I guess more so, of the yeah, misogynist
2: nature. There's, ones. Yeah, there's a lot more misogyny than racism.
1: Yeah, itself. it's 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 that it's, it's like just bro humor if you want to call yeah. it. Fair enough. Just yeah. stupid frat boy. One did make me laugh about it. It was like, it was about, like the homeless woman and,
3: and cutting the breast I, It was dark, but it, it just sort of made me laugh because I was like, clearly nobody means this. Yes. And yeah. Then when, it, no. And the setup and delivery was such that it was like, oh, here's a thing where you think you're going, oh, I'll go somewhere else. And like, so as a joke, like it's a joke. It's not real. And it's funny because it's not real. It's funny because clearly no one would seriously do that. And that's what makes it funny because it's so far from what Mm -hmm. people would actually do. Um, but if you don't read it that way, then it does sound like he's confessing to a murder. So I thought that was kind of, (laughs) of there was like some really good, like setup and delivery. Oh, he's kind of funny. I was like, that's a shame. And some of them were just like, whatever. So I, I, again, I don't know the guy, maybe he's a jerk and he deserves it. Or maybe he's just the victim of circumstance and poor judgment. And, you know, maybe, maybe the, uh, I thought about a lot. Of this and like perhaps the, the era of we, we can determine this social media experiment, a failure. I mean, not what it's not coming, it. coming from it.
2: Yeah. I mean, for what it's worth, I will say it sounded like he was genuinely, uh, upset that he said those things. And he's like, mm-hmm. that's, that's the eight year old me. And he gave the James Gunn apology, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. Like, that's cool. Um, and he did delete them at some point in time prior to all this, so he knew himself that they were like they were in wrong, poor taste. And whether that's when he grew as a person or he was just doing it to cover his ass, I don't know. but still, yeah he yeah, knew yeah. enough to take them off the internet and just because somebody has the receipts, it's mm-hmm. I don't know it's you gotta make room for for people to 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 grow up and move on.
3: So I get so. my question is, and I don't expect us to solve it on the comic book pit, but at what point <laughs> Brute, is, is a person solve it all. at what point is a person allowed to at what, person, at what point is a person offered redemption? At what point can someone be like, I did this, I shouldn't have done it, I see why, I understand why I shouldn't have done it. Um, don't take my job away. Like
2: I <laughs> like yeah. is, No, I mean I'm a I'm a forgive and forget person, so I would like the statute of limitations for me would be like a year or two. Like, but even that seems quick, but eight years I'm like, you deleted them already. And you genuinely aren't saying that stuff anymore. And you apologize.
0: I want to cut in here though, and point out though, that they were numerous tweets.
2: There were plenty. It's,
0: It's definitely different than, uh, so Jimmy Fallon doing blackface Yes. or the James Gunn comments.
2: The James Gunn stuff was a big article. He had a big, he had blogs. But
3: was yeah, it like
0: multiple, yeah, yeah. multiple, multiple, multiple instances? Well, well James Gunn so.
3: came up through trauma, so that was kind of yeah, like the shock humor.
0: Yeah, so that is a different situation. Yeah. but this is someone who's like, like it's one thing to excuse a one-off instance. Yeah, but these were constant mm-hmm. jokes.
2: No, I, hmm. I don't disagree. Like it's still bad, but and, I'm, I'm just and, more willing to forgive. I guess it's. Well, ah, I, that's my
1: thing, I guess. I think I and I I think a, a thing to consider is, you know, like Link was offering his personal like oh, this is this is my barometer for forgiveness and forgetting, but unfortunately, we're not talking about like one person, yes. me, you, Jared, Kate. It's not a person. It's people and it's corporations and it's like yeah. large faceless masses that are now. Uh, for, you know, for good or for, for, for ill, uh, whether it's right or wrong, like, you know, the, the Twitterverse is essentially deciding people's fates. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I will, I will say without getting into a big cancel culture type discussion, people bounce back more or less like within a year or two, I'd say after a big scandal, it seems like. Like the, mm-hmm. the big, yeah, like yeah. Chris Hardwick and stuff like that, where they'll get accused of something and yeah, whatever. I mean, Hardwick's I mean, a good example, but I, I think. It, had a bigger brand than
0: him.
2: Sure, he, yeah, yeah. He might, have a, he, might have,
1: he might have a harder time. You're right. Well, yeah, there's some people that are, that, like, you don't realize, like you said, Chris Hardwick, like, I think they come back, but they just keep their head down.
3: That's and true. so, insert that, uh, that Hulk, that uh, Thor Ragnarok meme, like, but did he, though? Um, yeah. Mm <laughs> hmm. Because I, I also think people didn't. There was a bunch of people that were like, found Chris Herbrick annoying. So when there were receipts to to use, they, they buried him. But meanwhile, yeah. then when, when something similar happened to like Neil deGrasse Tyson, like we like Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll give him benefit of the doubt. Like I, I think there also is the, the outrage Certainly. can be selective based on uh, the yeah. likability of the individual being called into question. Right. So um as as the privileged white male, I guess what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> is uh sometimes I wonder um I wonder if stuff if people just want to like have an axe to grind and then when they find something they can use mm-hmm. they exploit the uh the better angels.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you have, if you have an opportunity to, yeah, like you said, well, like you said, that guy might just have been an asshole and they wanted him yeah. off the show. So you don't know. They're like,
3: woo, found something.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's something to be said for that, for, for, for opportunity and motive. It's like a, yeah. I mean, if that, like you said, I mean, if someone's had that, had, had that knowledge and they're like, this is a perfect time that, you know, our, our world is in flames and we can, we can get the people with, torches and pitchforks to get this guy, you know, off the show. You yeah. Know, you yeah know,
3: know. So I don't know. I again I'm not I'm not trying to paint us with a certain brush here that's sorta of like one eye one eyebrow cocked at any allegation, but I'm just I'm it, they're just observations. Just mm-hmm. observations, folks. Tweet angry at us all you want. We don't, yeah. we don't <laughs> use it anymore. To see it. That's fine. <laughs>
1: So send those emails to Jared at (laughs) comic Yeah.
3: The rules are set up. They all go right into the trash.
1: (laughs) Welcome to my spam folder. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't we, uh, why don't we switch gears and talk some comics? Uh, anyone interested in diving in first? I'll
3: go first. I was actually able, got my comics. Now stores are open. I had my store, uh, Phantom of the attic in Monroeville. Um, I worked something out where they just mail me my books like once a month because I don't know when I'll get up to the shop because uh, I still don't work in a, in a I don't commute. So mm-hmm. that's usually how I was able to go because I was in the same area. So I reached out and I was like, oh, you guys have been hanging on this stuff for since March. I don't want you to hang on to this stuff any longer than you have to. So now they just mail me. The guy gave me a quote on like, what it would be to mail me stuff. And I was like, all right, we'll just go once a month. Just get, you know, That makes the most sense, and uh, so I get a nice little package every month. And I got caught up on my books, going back to March. I haven't read them all yet, but what I did read was two issues of Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, Mm -hmm. and uh, it was a lot of it's still the, the the wacky zany stuff that we've come to know and love from it. But also, the overarching plot line is drawing to a resolution. So it's interesting how the story is still told via vignettes, but how they're all starting to come together.
2: Mm-hmm. That's okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, I'm like a few issues behind, but yeah, it's what twelve issues, right? Yes. Yes. Okay.
3: So yeah, so like the the one like overriding mystery, um, I don't wasn't resolved, but the the, the who done it? They now know who the who is. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that was revealed. And so now it's kind of entering that that final chapters. But yeah, I how the, the, the little bits um, at first seemed like random and sort of like focused on mm-hmm. different areas. They are starting to uh, coalesce. Like you see how all the different little threads play into the greater tapestry. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It like- well, yeah cause it's all like a lot of weird moving pieces that even yeah. where I think I was at, they were starting to line up in some way. And I was like, Okay, I, I kind of mm-hmm. see why we're doing this stuff. Um, yeah. In, in in your opinion, is it is it a good good mystery so far, or is it kind of like
3: uh, eh? it is? You know, I I thought so because when they revealed, now I guess the the I, this is not a spoiler. Someone wanted to kill Jimmy Olsen. Someone put a hit basically on Jimmy Olsen. And I think it's ten. They reveal who who ordered the hit. Yeah. And I was like, oh. I hadn't considered that. And and so now it's, it, it, uh, goes from there. So no, I would say I, to me, it was good. Like I, it's not like I saw that coming. It's um, a,
1: mm-hmm. it's a very non-traditional type of who done it. Yeah. Like I said, be, be, because of the, the various vignettes and the kind of time jumping and the, the, yeah, the, the various, uh, characters they introduce it, but it's, It's really just, I I never expected to be still reading this book.
3: It's really good. Yeah. Like, it's a really good comic. I I feel like you could give this series to, like, folks who, like, uh, shit on, like, modern monthly big two comics as an example that they do still produce some quality content.
1: And it's not just, like, IP ads. Yeah, it's just... yeah plain just a yeah like like you said just a plain fun comic just yeah and it and it and it, and it does like to kind of you know poke fun at you know at at yeah. the greater DC universe and in some in some <laughs> cases there really is some some meta context there and uh and and the and the art has just been I mean Steve Lieber has been killing it and um you know, I, I give it up to, like, Matt Fraction. I mean, he's... He, he, I'm, I'm always hit or miss with him, but but this is definitely some good Matt Fraction. Yeah. Agreed.
3: Yeah, it's really, really well done.
2: Yeah, no, I'll, uh, I'll probably be diving into those next soon here. I think I have the same two issues that you have, Jared. Okay. You'll enjoy them. I
1: think you'll enjoy them. All right. Who wants to go next?
0: I can go. Okay. So, uh... Previously, uh, quite a while ago, Link and I have probably talked about the first issue of Blackbird. Yeah, I figured. Um, I remember talking about the art, so Mm -hmm. I had a feeling. Um, So uh, Blackbird is created by Sam Humphreys and Jen Bartell. He writes it. She colors it. And Jen Bartell is becoming quite a household name, uh, both from her many, many, many luscious, colorful covers. And uh, she's done shoe collaborations. Her Harley Quinn uh, Puma collaboration sold out in, like, a minute. So I sadly did not get a pair. (laughs) But her art's pretty distinctive. She does very colorful, very bright, very pretty covers, which is 100% my aesthetic. Uh, But she also... uh, cares a lot about diversity, and that comes through in Blackbird. So Blackbird is kind of everything I could possibly want, uh, except maybe a little bit more queerness, which uh, the story does not allow for at this point. But everything is like magical cats and uh, giant tiger, lion things coming down from the sky and very nondescript magicness going on. Uh, There's pretty gems. There's talk of a heist within a gem factory and all the little gems like do different types of magic. So I don't know, it's really cool. The story has a lot to do with family. I expected it to just kind of be like a fun romp and Instead, I had feelings about family that I didn't <laughs> expect to have. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so the first volume was a really good quick read. I know that there's at least the second volume out. Uh, definitely worth taking a look at. If not just because it's beautiful, then I think it was a really good story.
2: Yeah, what, what's the basic plot premise?
0: The basic plot premise is there is an earthquake And the night of the earthquake, her mom dies. And that night she sees magic. And for the rest of her life, her family calls her. Now, granted, the rest of her life is like 10 years uh, up to the point of the comic that we're talking about. But they call her crazy baby because she wants to talk about magic and no one believes her that she saw it. And then the clouds open up and the magical uh, lion comes back and takes away her sister and not her. So thus proving magic is real. She didn't imagine it. And the rest of the volume is her trying to find her sister and finding out other things about her family along the way she teams up with another, uh, so they're called paragons instead of like wizards or anything. And so she teams up with this really hot paragon. named Flint, <laughs> uh, who's also super into cool shoes. Um, which was just a really funny side bit to it. Um, and all of the different like houses of magic, it's almost like cliques or like clubs. And I don't remember all of the names, but they're all called cabals, and they all have different, like, characteristics. So, I don't know. It's fun and also serious enough to not just be too ridiculous. Okay. And she won Eisner last year for it, and she's nominated in 2020.
2: Yeah, she gets a lot of variant cover work, too. Yeah.
0: It's also really cool because, so Jen Bartel's really only been on the map for the last few years, and she got discovered doing fan art. And what's great is she still does fan art. uh, Every now and then I go through her website, and every single time I see a new, like, fan art piece she did. She does a lot of really cool uh, Sailor Moon. Her Twitter is super fun. She's been doing a lot of Final Fantasy VII Mm. fan art lately. Um, She randomly did Akasha from... uh, Queen of the Damned, the Aaliyah version. So that was really fun to see today. <laughs> so, yeah, if you like cool art, definitely check out anything with Jen Bartel. But if anything witchy might be up your alley, check out Blackbird. Okay.
3: I was looking at her Instagram, and the Duke liked some of these pieces. Oh, see Scott's in the no. And yeah, Scott is
0: not whoa it? You called him Scott.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I but broke the we're, number one rule. When we're, <laughs> when, when we're showing respect, we call him by his real name. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we, we slip into his real name. It's completely uh, un, uh, unintentional. <laughs> he was supposed to have his name legally changed to Duke a long time ago, and he He just just won't do it. (laughs) All right. Uh, Link, you want to, you want to go? Okay. Uh,
2: Yeah. Um, So I read the, the last two issues. There's not the last, but the most recent two issues of uh, far sector, um, which we talked about before on the show and Mm -hmm. and all that. And it it delved more into. um, so, So I always forget her freaking name. The the main character, Sojourner. So, Sojourn. I'm looking at Kate here. She's just giving me a blank stare. <laughs> I think. Yeah, she's got a weird name. Anyways, the main character is a who's a woman of color. She's black. Um and she's the Green Lantern. And it delves more into her past and her origin. Um because in the issue prior, uh there was a big um there's a a, a protest slash riot. I'm I'm getting topical here. Um <laughs> And some some people got uh, injured and killed during it, and that's kind of how the last issue ended off, and the next issue picked up, um, going back to her origins back on Earth and becoming a Lantern, and um, dealing a lot with uh, what what she did back on Earth, and and lo and behold, we find out that uh, she was in the well. Yeah, she was in the military, um, and then she opted to no longer be in the military after she kind of realized that uh, maybe the military w- didn't always make things good. Um, and then so she became a cop. And then while well, she was a cop, she witnessed uh, her partner uh, pr- do some good old-fashioned police brutality. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and as 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 we know happens, uh, and ended up injuring somebody and uh, she reported him to her uh, superiors There's a whole thing. Um, And it kind of talks about how she ended up getting uh, kicked off the force both in relation because she broke the, the the, uh, what's it called? The blue,
3: the The thin blue line.
2: Yeah. yeah, The thin blue line, the blue code and all that, you know, stick up for your, your, your bad buddies kind of thing. Um, and in addition to something else where she got tagged in something by a friend that related to the Black Lives Matters movement. Um, and so she got kicked off the force because it broke their social media policy and blah, blah, blah. But it, it's kind of like a whole bunch of things all at once. And uh, uh, she's telling to somebody. Exactly. Yeah, it was very, um, it was an apt time for me to decide to read that book. Uh, <laughs> and um, the person that she was telling this all to, the woman she met at the bar, um, turned out to be one of the uh, the the guardians of the universe the Owen blue people um, in disguise as an earthling so uh, they recruit her and, and and bring her on board and it kind of parallels a lot of the real world stuff going on right now with what's also happening on uh, the planet where she was set to investigate all this stuff with the protests and the people getting killed and, and her and uh, Kind of, it, it's all just coming back to her. All these these feelings about the uh, the inequality of everything and and the the corruption of politics and I don't know. It, 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 to put it lightly, like like Jared said, it was it was you know ripped from the headlines. It was a lot of like, wow, this is very familiar and very uh, exactly yeah, what's happening in the past
3: week. Life imitated art. Yeah, I mean, not like um, it wasn't happening prior, but still.
2: Yeah, no, for sure, yeah. Um, and yeah, no, I just thought it was like a really, really powerful issue that kind of dealt with a lot of just everything that was going on. And then the, the subsequent issue kind of dealt with the same stuff a little bit. I know Kate read some of it. I don't know if she wants to chime in at all.
0: I'm sorry. I'll remember from the the last issue was the sex.
2: Yeah, oh, you just <laughs> you just in it for the sex scenes.
0: Apparently. No. Um. Yeah, I definitely caught on on how poignant – and how timely everything about the protests was. Although, obviously, this was written probably quite a while ago. Uh, And something that is periodically timely, which is part of the whole problem. Um, But, yeah, what I took away from that uh, first issue, though, that he was talking about is also all of the ways that our system failed her. It was like a montage of multiple points of the system failing her and it showed her, for example, giving a speech at her high school graduation. So we assume she's valedictorian and then there's somewhere sitting down after and she's in her gown and robe and everything. And the manager is like telling them that like if they don't order, they have to leave. And it's them explaining, like, we've been here less than five minutes. Uh, Just little things like that. Um, There's
2: a thing with her mom. I just remembered that, too, where where she got passed over for a job.
0: Yes, her mom got passed over for a job because she was black. Uh, So Hmm. just the system kept failing her. And then she got tapped to help some other place where the system continues to fail its people.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's all big. Yeah. It's all just one big tie in to, yeah. And, uh, and so yeah, she, they're trying to, you know, obviously fix this new system and then she has a romantic relationship with one of the politicians there and it kind of ties into his feelings about it because he's on, um, they they all have a thing on that, that, that those groups of planets that inhibit their emotions so they don't feel emotion. Um, But the politician occasionally takes drugs to to feel emotion like there's a there's an illegal drug going around. I forget what it's called, but um, something that he's on that allows him to feel emotion that allowed him to better reflect on how he handled the uh, the riot situation. And and it kind of hit him pretty hard because his decisions about the riot were being made from a place of like not having emotion.
0: Yeah, like robotic logic.
2: Well, that sounds weird. At (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So I don't know. It was, it was just all very interesting. It was all very timely. It's, I think it's probably one of the the more important books that have come out uh, in 2020. Yeah, for sure. Um, And it's a green lantern book and it's from DC and it's like the, the last thing I would have expected to be like important.
0: I don't care about lanterns at all. And I really like this book. And I really like the writing to the point that I didn't realize that the ad that kept coming up in the book for the like sci-fi trilogy that they like Mm -hmm. beef up every time is written by the actual author.
2: Oh, yep. Hmm. Who
0: is herself a woman of color.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, And as a chaser, I read uh, the second issue of the Grant Morrison Green Lantern book. Not as good.
0: (laughs) 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 What a surprise! No,
2: I mean I I, I, do, I do really like the Green Lantern. I like, uh, Morrison book, but I like how you called it, call it uh, a chaser. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was like, wow, that was some heavy stuff. Let's uh let's do some silly Grant Morrison. stuff. Yeah. But it was a bad issue. It 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 felt like Grant Morrison was just like, let me bust up my thesaurus. I'm gonna use all the big complicated words. Like nobody felt like they were talking as themselves, and I couldn't quite figure out what happened in the book or why what he was going for or anything in the, and it was weird because the ring occasionally would mention be me like, you're talking strangely, you're doing this. And I was like, what is this? Is this like an obscure send off to some something or other like Grant Morrison likes to do? But I, I don't know. It, there was no payoff at the end. It was, it was a bad issue. The second, second issue of the new Grant Morrison run. So mm. I
1: don't know. Go read far sector instead. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Uh well, I guess I'll I'll wrap everything up with um I I read the most recent issue of Avengers, uh number 33 by uh Jason Aaron and artist Javier Garron. And this was a great issue because well I, so I haven't had I haven't read the Jason Aaron Avengers uh, and probably 20 plus 20 or so issues I think I read like the first like the first I definitely read the first arc and maybe the second arc and then I just kind of it just kind of fell off my radar I mean it was okay you know I was enjoying it but it, it definitely was like oh here's all the movie Avengers and then we're gonna throw in uh ghost Rider and She-Hulk and it you know it just felt very Like I said, it was just made from the movies. So it, it was, it it was good, but it just, there was something about it just didn't feel right. So I kind of let, I let it go for a while. And then I was uh, just scrolling through, uh, you know, new releases and there's Avengers 33 with Moon Knight, right? Very prominent on the cover. And I'm a sucker for Moon Knight. So I I think I looked at the preview pages and I'm like, I'm in buy it. And this is a great issue because it's, it's a, it's a jump, a good jumping on point. Like it's a, it's a new arc and you don't have to know anything going into it. Basically the, 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 the story is this issue is very simple in a, in a way like not a lot happens as far as like explaining the story, like what the arc of the story is going to be. But, it's it's almost like a like a prologue, and what that prologue is is Moon Knight of all of all people of all characters in the MCU just systematically taking on individual Avengers for their powers and whooping their asses. So it starts off with um, Moon Knight uh, meeting Iron Fist in Kunlun. He uh, they they fight, you know, and, and it's, it's one of the things like where Danny Rand is like, Hey man, what are we doing here? I, you, you know, you called me here, you know, we're, we're not best friends, but Hey, we're kind of cool. And then all of a sudden Moon Knight starts attacking him. There's this great, <laughs> this there's a fight and it's and the, the art is just amazing. This entire issue is just very, very kinetic. Um, basically the entire issue is, is, kind of a fight issue. And, and like I said, it's, it's, it's Moon Knight, just uh, taking what he needs from different Avengers, and then at the end, you get the you get the feeling that like okay, this is the there's a big bad coming down the road, and it's and somehow Khonshu, like the the Egyptian god that he serves, is is kind of I don't want to say manipulating him, but he's basically guiding him and saying. You're the one that's going to stop this, but you need the tools to do it. And this is what you need to do. So he gets the iron fist from Moon Knight. Um, he gets, oh, he gets something from Dr. Strange. He steals Ghost Rider's car <laughs> and he, um, and he relieves Thor of Mjolnir in a, in a way I, I would have never, I would have never thought possible. He, he confronts him on the moon and when, you know, when you think of Moon Knight, he's just a, you know, you think, oh, he's just a normal dude who, you know, he's, he's a little crazy and he's, but he's yeah. got the, um, you know, the, the abilities or the powers of the the moon God. And when you really think about that, it's like, he is like the way he beats Thor is by channeling the power and the, just the, the essence of the moon because he's the moon Knight, but not just our moon, literally like every moon in the solar system, he draws power from. Okay. So he is able to take Mjolnir from Thor. Um, I suspect there's gonna be a lot more to this. I mean, it's like, like I said, this, sure, this, yeah. this opening, this opening salvo of him beating up on the Avengers is not, you know, it's not like he's some all powerful dude now, but he, the, the way it was written, the way he, was able to go one by one and he, he did everything in a different, like for every Avenger that he took something from, he did it in a different way. And it was really, it was really interesting. And it was, it was just a completely different take on Moon Knight, which I've, I'm always happy to see Moon Knight in the, you know, as a, as a, as a featured player, because he's one of my favorite characters. So. It's
2: interesting to see the parallels between like everybody always is always the, the the Marvel Batman and it's interesting that it's kind of like the Batman versus
1: taking down the Justice League angle, but with Moon Knight. Yes, like that yeah like he's I, got a plan for everybody. Right, I kind of thought the same thing. I, I'm like this, this 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 the way he's doing this is very Batman esque. Like he was very cold, he was very calculating. He didn't talk very much at all. He was just it was like a surgeon. He was just going in and just doing whatever he had to do, taking what he needed and he was gone and he never, you know, he, he didn't kill anybody. He didn't like hurt anybody too badly. Um, And I, I think, uh, you know, for a lot of these heroes that he went up against, they probably underestimated him because it's like, Oh shit, it's, it's just, yeah. it's just moon night. <laughs> What's he going to do? Throw yeah. some like moon shaped, you know, throwing stars sure at me. Can. I mean,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> is he going to call Frenchie? in the, in the, in the moon copter. And you know, but no, I'm, I'm definitely in for this story arc. Um, it was really, it was, it was like probably one of the most fun comics I've read in a while. So well,
2: that sounds interesting. And, and if anybody's going to make up the rules for what you can and can't
1: do with the it's going to be Jason Aaron. That is true. That's true. <laughs> I feel like he's, he's probably earned the right to do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, um, and real quick, I'm going to give a shout out to the. Uh, so last year, I think we talked about like that um, deceased miniseries came out from yeah, DC, yep. and recently there have been some deceased uh, tie-in books, and or you know d- or deceased books that have carried on the story uh, past the original miniseries. And normally I don't give things like that too much too much attention, but this was written by the, by the, by the guy who wrote deceased, which is Tom Taylor. And um, the first one was called deceased unkillables. And it was just a three issue uh, mini series. And then there's a, there's a digital, there's a DC digital book called uh, deceased hope at world's end. And I would recommend both of these books as they're, they're really great um, supplemental stories to the deceased, like the overall deceased universe, if you want to call it that, or deceased storyline. Um, the uh, unkillables is really cool because it's a, it's basically about a group of supervillains that are fighting their way through the deceased world. And they're left behind when the, in the original deceased miniseries, um, you know, these two, the, you know, the, the uh, r- remaining heroes, scavenge whatever they can from earth like all the survivors they can and they take off into these you know in these two large arcs essentially these two giant spaceships but they left a lot of people on earth and a group of them um super villains that were left behind this is a story about them and it's really again just like surprisingly good like it should not be this good mm-hmm. and uh De- deceased hope at world's end is a is a a parallel storyline that takes place during the original deceased miniseries that, um, the, the first issue, uh, focused on Jimmy Olsen. And then the second issue focused on black Adam. And I think this, I I think it's going to focus on black Adam for the next couple of issues. So, um, but again, really, if if you liked the original source material, the original deceased miniseries, you should definitely check these out because they're, it, it really, if you're looking for more, this is, they're, these are good stories to, uh, by the original writer and, and the, the art for both have been really good. So. That is all I have.
2: Yeah, know Tom Taylor is a good writer, so I'm not, I'm not surprised.
1: Yeah, I'm 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 glad that like deceased kind of worked out. I, I think it like I don't think a lot of it, it really didn't um gain traction at first. I think maybe people thought of it as just like a just a like oh he's they're doing their version of Marvel zombies or something.
2: Yeah. Well we also I think we all thought it was an event and not a standalone at first.
1: Right. Right. So but I'm yeah, sure that's scared people away. Yeah. It is nice that, I mean it it, it basically takes place outside of the main mm-hmm. that, it, you know, it's in its own continuity for all intents and purposes, because I mean, every, <laughs> so many people die in this book. <laughs> like sure. There's yeah. <laughs> no way it could be, you know, there there's no coming back from that. So anyway, um all right. Uh, does anyone have any, anything else to go or they want to go over or mention before we wrap it up?
3: Uh, Seven by seven comics is that thing that myself, Sean, Scott, and some other folks, friends of the show are involved in. Mm -hmm. We just wrapped a season. A new season will be starting up here in June, June 22nd, I believe, Monday, June 22nd. Um, eight, Eight new weeks of brand new comics. So seven creators, seven days a week,
1: different comic strip every day. Okay. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. We, we usually, that's, uh, that's, I'm pretty sure I have, there's a permanent link now in all of our show notes for that. So <laughs> definitely check out, uh, yeah. Thank you. Oh yeah. Hey, trying to help out where we can, you know, um, uh, speaking of helping out, you know, there's, uh, there's other ways you can help out and promote, uh, and support the show. Uh, it just takes a moment and a five-star rating would go a long way in helping other people discover the show. Um, it's easy. You can do it right from your phone and Apple podcasts or wherever you listen. And we appreciate that because ratings and reviews, you know, it's how the show grows and, and also from people talking about it and sharing it with their friends. Uh, and you can also make a one-time donation in any amount to our Kofi account, And a link for that option is also listed in our show notes. And we appreciate uh, any, any donations. Uh, it goes towards helping the show continue. So, Again, thanks for thanks in advance for anything uh, anyone's able to you know give to us.
3: Thanks, because This yacht does not pay for itself. So. That's right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we have to keep Jared in, in uh, luxurious tank tops.
3: Yes, luxurious tank tops. I have my yacht, and then my yacht has its own yacht because I'm not going to send my yacht out without a yacht, right? Am I even <laughs> so, now we need. And then, like, but to recap. Uh, get merch from the spread shop store because everything I uh, brought in this month, the month of June, goes to Black Lives Matter and, and sisters. So yep. my yacht will take a back seat <laughs> do some good causes for the month of June.
1: Jared is going to, he's going to, what he would normally spend on his, his caviar for the month of June <laughs> is going to get donated. So we appreciate that.
3: See, we, we all are capable of sacrifice.
1: <laughs> For the greater good. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you all for listening. This has been Comic Book Pit episode 354. I'm Dan, and with me tonight, I've got Jared. See ya. Kate. Bye. And Link. See you, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.